Welcome to the Superwell Podcast, your source for truly holistic and original perspectives on health and happiness. Each week, we take true dives into the key areas of life with true leaders and true conversations. It's your time for a Superwell life. Okay, welcome back, gang. Uh, special episode of the Superwell podcast. Uh, obviously, at the moment, coronavirus is hugely topical in the world. You can't really turn your head anywhere without seeing a reference to it. So with me, I have two of our legendary practitioners to talk about a couple of different aspects of what we're seeing in the world at the moment. First of all, I have our wellness guru, the wellness guru, Fiona Chin, who's a naturopath who has a special insight into uh, immunity and immune-based issues. Her, her story and her journey so far has seen her with a, her own autoimmune challenge. Um, and as such, she's really well-versed in understanding the complexities around the immune system. So she's gonna give us some great insight into what's happening around the world and also how we can prepare our, our bodies um, for coronavirus. And then uh, aside from that, we're seeing a lot of hysteria, a lot of other psychological damage being done um, at the same time with stress and worry and panic. So we thought it'd be great to have our gun psychologist, Nadia Deary, on board to talk a little bit about that and how we can build ourselves up um, at the moment uh, to try and help provide more resilience as uh, time goes on um, and we're faced with more and more stress along this journey. So... Thank you, ladies, for joining. Um, I just did pose a question, I think we'll kick this off, in that if we do get in lockdown and we don't have access to as much food, why do people need so much toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> Nadra and I were talking about that earlier, and I, I don't know whether I should make the comment of just parting your cheeks in the shower. I don't know whether oh, that's wow. appropriate. Oh, <laughs> Hopefully you don't have one of those like really like fine hold plugs, you know, that then you now have to like, push it down. Yeah. If you're eating oh, really... and now I. Well, we, we, why have we <laughs> <laughs> got children? We've got to push poo down a drain hole before. Wow, wow. We have started. I know, oh, no, exactly. Look, as you can see, um, <laughs> we, there's, there is going to be some humour in this because we want people to be still enjoying their life. We don't want to just this to be dry and scary. And like, There's enough of that out there uh, at the moment anyway. Just to pre-frame the rest of this conversation, we're not really going to provide any speculative information. A lot of this stuff um, that's going to be spoken about is um, stuff that's been researched or published or has some kind of backing behind it. We don't want to kind of add to the hysteria going around by adding extra um, out there information. We're not going to report on figures because the reality is nobody knows. That's the reality. (laughs) Nobody really knows what's going on. But um, And And I think we're drawing on resources that we already draw on as practitioners. And personally, I think we're all kind of getting information from people that we already trust and that we um, know have a good agenda. You know, yeah. that yeah. it is about caring and well-being rather than exactly. profiteering and so forth. So. so to kick it off, we obviously all have heard where coronavirus has come from and how we've sort of got to this position. Um, but what we want to do is get a bit of an insight into the actual virus itself. How is, how is this virus... Um, placed against other viruses that we've seen before or that we see regularly in our community, like the flu, because there's obviously been a lot of reference um, comparing coronavirus to the flu. I know, Fiona, you have some really um, 
great insight into into this. So do you want yeah. to get off and sort of explain to people about that? Sure. So the first thing I want to say is the coronavirus is not another strain of the flu. That's misinformation that's going around. So people say, oh, you know, it's the same as the flu. No, it's not. It's a different virus. That's like saying hepatitis is the same as herpes. They're two very different and very distinct viruses. But unfortunately, their symptoms look similar. So when people go, it's the flu, that's because it's causing these upper respiratory type symptoms, but they are very different viruses. What we do know to date is there is about seven uh, coronaviruses around that we've documented. You've probably had a coronavirus before. What's different about this specific strain of coronavirus is it's gone through an antigenic shift, which means the genes of the viruses have changed or the gene of this coronavirus has changed. So when it presents its antigen to our bodies, we have no reference point for it. That's how immune systems work. They work on this innate memory um, immunity. So you get exposed to something like uh, influenza A or influenza B. They look slightly similar. It comes across, your body goes, oh, I don't want to have that again, and it produces antibodies to it. Same with the coronavirus. The previous coronaviruses caused very mild symptoms. You've probably got antigens to those, but because it's gone through this new strain of COVID-19, and COVID-19 is actually the condition of what the virus causes. The actual virus, I think, is SARS something, something, something. Yeah. I have to go and get, I've got its proper name somewhere, but the actual virus is not COVID-19. COVID-19 is the outcome and what it causes. The D stands for disease, V for virus, 19, because it was discovered in 2019. Anyway, we have no antibodies to it, which is why it's causing so many symptoms. So that's my first point. It is not the flu, and please don't say it is, because that is misinformation. The reason, and then I just want to add why this um, this disease or the COVID-19 is so uh, contagious. When we look at viruses, you've probably seen them under the microscope. They've got those really cool shapes to them. Maybe cool is the wrong word, but they've got quite ge geometric shapes and lots of tendrils, like spikes coming off them. That's like one of those spiky massage balls we were talking about. Yesterday. Yeah, so the COVID-19 is quite a large virus, um, which is maybe one of the reasons that it hangs around on surfaces longer. Um, it's also got a lot of, and I don't think tendrils is the right word in uh, virus. Little spikes. Little spikes. Um, Sorry, I haven't looked up the correct word for it, but the little bits that come off it, which is what it injects its DNA into our DNA. So the way viruses work is they inject their DNA onto ours. We have lots of viruses. We've got something called a virome. Um, viruses in some ways often keep us quite healthy. It's an interplay that we've got going on and they inject their DNA onto ours and they do that through these little tendrils that come off them. And Marcus is right, those spiky balls that the chiros get you to roll on and massage on. This virus looks like that, and it's got lots and lots of these little tendrils on it. And so it's got them? more of the spikes. So yes. just think about a spiky ball, some that has, you know, not many spikes, uh, like the ones you get to throw to your dog, you know, those inflatable oh, yeah. ones, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And then, but then you've got ones that are like quite dense with their spikes, you know. Um, yeah, so. so lots of spikes means more um, positions for it to present its antigen onto the surface of our um, body, so it's got more antigen-presenting yeah, more, um, opportun potential, more opportunities potential to present itself. Yeah. Here you go, here's my DNA. And basically that is what they think makes it so contagious because it's got more possibilities to pass it on that way. Do you think some of the comparison with the flu is because there are a lot of asymptomatic people as well? In that, yeah. Um, I know that um, that Diamond Princess cruise ship, because it was like its own little ecosystem and they were able to test, I think they said that there was 700 and 
five people or something who got positive tests, but only half, half of them are asymptomatic. Yeah. Um, and then um, they also know that the Melbourne, there was um, some great research done here in Melbourne that showed that um, in a lot of people, once they start displaying symptoms um, and they their body creates its anti, once they've started creating mm-hmm. antibodies within three days, pretty much they've overcome yeah. um, the brunt of it, which means it's a very, like it can be a fast recovery for a lot of people so that, that's why there's some confusion around that yeah quite possibly and i think too because and i also think it's the symptoms the symptoms are so similar that as a society we just you know we know common cold that produces a lot of mucus not tends to cause a fever then we have the flu and the flea, flu tends to cause this fever and these other sort of aches and pains and things like that and i think because the symptoms are so similar we just chuck it into the bucket of flu mm-hmm. Um, so people know the word flu. They know, you know the word flu. So it gets yeah. thrown around and often people use that word when they've got a cold. Exactly. Like and we've got, there's so many different strains of the flu, right? There's mm. influenza A, influenza B and all these other bits and pieces. And I think people and don't know the nuances different. that they're all so mm. different. Like mutation of those as well. Like there's thousands. There's thousands. And that's, you know, often what we talk about the flu vaccine is the flu vaccine's mm. a year behind and it mutates. And that's viruses... You know, viruses are clever. They don't want to kill their host. So you look at successful viruses, like COVID's quite a successful virus. You know, it's not, generally speaking, and we'll get into this, it's not killing a huge percentage and it doesn't want to. It wants to keep people alive because it wants to inject its DNA and that's its longevity. You look at poor viruses, say, I don't know, Ebola. Ebola didn't do a great job in the world of viruses because it kills its host too quickly. And so it doesn't have... doesn't have time to spread. Exactly. So... um, COVID, you know, we like covert. It's kind of the same, you know. It's quite a covert virus, and it's it's quite clever. Kind of is, yeah, yeah. Under the radar for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. If we want to celebrate the smartness of viruses, like COVID, probably should get some the middle. Oscar this year for mm. being clever. I think it will. I think it will too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna... Oscars have been cancelled. So <laughs> yeah. can't win. Sorry, COVID. You don't get to go. <laughs> You've created your own device. <laughs> So, yeah, and that's, like I say, you know, the theory is that it can actually stay on surfaces to up to nine days, um, which is really why it's so important to practice hygiene, but we'll get into that stuff later. Mm. So, And you're right, while we're talking about it, its incubation period is between two to 14 days, but the average being five. Um, people generally are displaying symptoms within five days, again, because it's got so many surfaces to present to um, the immune system because it is so new. If you've got a robust immune system, it's looking um, once it works out that this is a foe, not a friend, to produce a you know an immune response to it. Um, and while we're talking about it, the major symptoms of COVID are different from say your cold and things like that. It produces a dry sore throat, fever, and again I want to reiterate, fever is not a bad thing. You think little kids, you think of Elkie, right, and your kids, they throw fevers still, right? sign of a very vital immune system Mm -hmm. as we get older we seem to throw less fevers and a fever is the body's way of burning off viruses it raises the temperature in the body viruses generally don't like that it kills them so this one's throwing a fever and i suspect that we're seeing fevers in adults because it is new it's a new antigen that's provoking more of an immune response natural immunity has to come on exactly with with kids they get a lot of fevers because it's the first time they get exposed to anything exactly as an adult the first time we get exposed to something we still have the same mechanism exactly it's just that we don't have that episode very often because we've already seen it all before yeah and and in some ways if you've got some background viruses hanging around there you get some covid you raise your temperature you may burn some 
some other stones off in yeah. yeah so you want a fever um achy joints that's that real sort of viral kind of thing and shortness of breath it's generally not producing any mucus and it's not really producing a wet cough so if you're presenting with a runny nose and green prevalent mucus or yellow mucus and a wet sort of hacky um cough that's probably not covid yeah so it's more of these other asterisks symptoms. against probably asterisks yes asterisks yeah everyone is individual yeah so you could have two things yes i had a client the other day with two concomitant viruses um that she recovered from one and then picked up a new virus and when we scoped her and swabbed her she had two things going on so yeah no covid though no covid she was covid free so yeah so um i think that's really what i want to say about the virus its symptoms um what about um when you we had a discussion the other day and you were talking about different methods of trying to work against the virus then and then you said that there was, I think it was some different supplements like, um, that tend to coat it. Is that still speculative at this point? In time? No, no. We, and I'll get into that when we talk about treatments. But we know um, there's a mushroom extract and it's called uh, C. It's Australian-specific. I think it's from Reishi. I'll, I'll check for this for you in a second. Um, there's lots of studies done on that. Um, there's plenty of actual peer-reviewed, scientific-journaled studies done on this. And what that specific strain does is it blunts those tendrils. So we were talking about the spiky ball effect. What that does is it kind of like blunts them and, and shortens them, like prunes them, gives them a haircut. Yeah. And so they don't have that opportunity to present their antigens as much. So, so does you, it actually cut it or does it like mat it down? Is it like, you know, when you go to the hairdresser, you might have like your hair spiked up or whatever, then they wet it all and push it all down. And it's like no, smooth I, over, I, or is it actually like getting the razor out and cutting it all off? Mm, I'd be totally making up an answer to answer that. What I know is that the wording used in the studies is blunting. Okay, so it renders them ineffective regardless. Yes, it's blunting. DNA, is that what you're saying? Yes. It can't can't do that at all. Yeah, it blunts those tendrils. So it becomes... Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, again, I'm I'm taking that prophylactically. Um, Of course, it's like lab wrap. Yeah, the word used in the studies <laughs> is blunting, and I don't, I don't actually know what blunting, what it is, what That's that means, okay. but it's blunting those tendrils. Yeah, so. rounds it out. It's no longer a spiky ball. Yeah, one of the round massage balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's actually a really good way of looking at it. And you know, the round ones don't hurt. Well, actually, no, that's actually, depends where you're rolling it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. They can still hurt. They can still hurt in the glute. Yep, what am I thinking? So, where would people get something like that? Because Probably, it's not probably what they're going to find in Woolies or Coles no, or no pharmacies. No, so. the studies were done with quite specific doses, but yeah. um, I'm jumping ahead. But so Metagenics, uh, who I trust, they're a, um, they produce really good scientific um, products and they obviously sold out of their immunogenics uh, really quickly. But you can get it if you go to iHerb and you put in AHCC, there is a product, uh, Kirkman's. Um, that is producing it that's not out of stock. They're limiting how much people can buy. There's um, 150, 250, and a 750, I think, or maybe a, a 250, 500, and a 750 different dosages. Um, I ordered three of the um, 750s. It's not a cheap supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, none of them are cheap, but it's very effective, and there's lots of studies. In fact, um, I'd read somewhere that in China they were using it, um, you know, ch- the Chinese are into their mushrooms and, um, 
medicine and, and using it in hospitals, it is something they incorporate. And so they were doing studies specifically on COVID mm. um, and its effect on it. But we do know that that's been really useful in other um, corona strains and things like that. So. And I think this is information that, I mean, I find so helpful. And I think that the majority of us don't know how to access or don't have access to it or we're not going to hear it. So I've probably jumped ahead here. Really so I'm going to take one step back okay. and say, obviously, we just learned about the virus. It's very contagious. It gets into our body. It injects DNA. Yeah. There's obviously um, a couple of things that we need to look at here. One is to try and prevent it mm-hmm. for sure. from even getting mm-hmm. into our body. Yes. And two, once it's in our body... Like, how do we deal with that? Yeah. So let's step back to the preventive measure. Yes, you, that's good because I'm like, I've got my nose. I'm like, wow, that's down the bottom. Yeah. But I'll come back to this Sorry, and describe in more detail. detail. That was me. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm all up and down, you know. Uh, so let's, the, from a prevention perspective. Well, should we talk about the risk fact, the people who are at a risk? And then we'll talk about Yeah, okay, we'll do, do that. that. So... Um, it's going in my order of my notes, people. Yeah, my OCD brain. I'm just going to step out of this podcast <laughs> now. Jonah's going to take over. <laughs> um, so, um, please to our, um, welcome our new host. Um, yeah. So let's go into this then. Um, those most at risk. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and I think because at the moment we're saying it's the elderly and the immune compromised, and you know, so. There's this whole thing of it's just those people, but there are a whole pile of people that we're not talking about who Mm -hmm. are immune compromised but may not know it. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you've got your elderly. People probably know that those with cancer are immune compromised, especially if they're going through chemotherapy. And then anyone that's got an autoimmune disease receiving treatment. So if you've got rheumatoid arthritis and you're on methotrexate, that is an immune suppressant drug you are immune compromised. If you've got MS and you're on something like Ocrevus or Lemtrada or Tysabri um, or Glienia, they are immune suppressant drugs. You are immune compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, same with any of those autoimmune diseases that are using those chemo-based immune modulators. They will make your immune system more susceptible because you've suppressed your immune system. You'll have what we call neutropenia. So when we do a white cell count, your white cell count is lower. That's the effect of the drug because they're trying to dampen your immune system. However, you're immune compromised. So if you've got a friend with MS or rheumatoid arthritis or scleroderma or lupus and they're receiving treatment, please know they're immune compromised. You need to practice exactly, you know, your social distancing and not you know, connecting with them or if you are making sure you're wiping down surfaces and, and practicing all the stuff that we'll talk about because you will put them at risk. And, you know, I want to reiterate how serious this is in Australia and I'll let Nadra talk about that a bit later. We have a she'll be right mate kind of attitude and I'm watching this um, in some of my friends and I'm like, mm, for someone who I don't take immune compromising drugs but I have an autoimmune disease, you know, I, I want to say that those people get knocked around far worse by these viruses than, than not. If I get a virus and I got a really bad virus when I was in Cancun, I'm in a wheelchair for two days. I cannot walk. So I'm not really interested in getting sick. And you've got someone with lupus or anything like that on an immune, you know, that are immune compromised and you put their life at risk. So I, I just want to reiterate the seriousness of around And let's just say, that. right, in terms of autoimmune disease people. Yeah. Yours probably, if something knocks you around where you have to be put in a wheelchair. I am healthy. You're very healthy. So someone who's less healthy than you, it doesn't work on on their body like you do. Mm. It can have a far more significant impact. Probably death death becomes a very real 
It does. Um, threat for these people. And I think, you know, like someone like me, when I'm really healthy, like at the moment, everything's improved. A lot of people don't know I have an autoimmune disease because mm. I look normal. And people with things like lupus or early stage MS that are on immune modulating drugs, a lot of people won't know because mm. a lot of people don't talk about their mm. immune compromised. And so yeah. you may not know that your friend um, who hasn't told you she's got MS but is an ocrevus or Lemtrada or Tosabra or whatever it is, she's immune compromised. And, you know, you by not practicing this stuff, you can put them at really high risk. So I, I just want to say that. The other people that we often don't think about, smokers. Smokers are immune compromised. You know, if you're smoking all the time, you've lowered your immune system and its ability to cope with things. Plus, you've got potentially the beginnings of lung changes that we know happens in smoking. This seems to have quite an attachment to the lungs. We, we know the m mortality rate in, say, places like Italy um, with the elderly population, and we'll talk about that, is happening where people have got other diseases going on. And smoking puts you more at risk of cardiovascular disease, heart disease, lung disease. So smokers are, whether you like it or not, sorry, smokers, you are immune compromised. People with pre-existing lung diseases, so those with severe asthma, um, chronic pneumonia, bronchitis, those kind of things, and then another subset of population that we may not think about, those who are overweight, are obese, insulin resistance. These conditions increase the inflammatory load. Uh, inflammation is driven by uh, chemicals in the body called cytokines. They are launched when we have an immune attack like something from COVID. They're already working over time. So any of those conditions that are creating an upregulation of inflammation in the body are immune compromised. It, and what we say by immune compromised is the immune system is compromised in its ability to respond to an infection because it's already upregulated, overactive and busy doing its thing. Or an alternate, like for some reason, um, can't, can't produce any antibodies yes, as fast as it can be. Exactly. So it's not only just the upregulated, it's people who have dampened immune function Perfect. as well. You yeah. Know, leukemia and, you know. Absolutely. And that's what happens in these immune suppressant drugs like yeah. Lantrida and all those things that are people yeah. with autoimmune diseases are on. So I think, you know, as a society, we need to be looking after one another so that she'll be right, mate. I love Australians and how they do that. But I think, you know, I think. I personally, and this is a personal belief, I don't have any information whether this is true or not. I think we're past the ability to contain it. Mm -hmm. I think it's often racing. We're starting to see this mm -hmm. start steep curve um, yep. that we see and have seen in other countries. And I think by practicing some of the things that we'll talk about um, is our social responsibility. That doesn't mean that I think we should be hysterical and all of those kind of things. I think it's just common courtesy and looking after one another in the community. Um, and doing our best to prevent the spread by being aware and practicing what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so I guess um, prevention comes in many, many ang from many angles. Doesn't it does. It, right? Yeah. So the the easiest parts to talk about are just enforcing what the government is already saying to do. Yeah. Right? It's, you know, um, if you find yourself around someone who could potentially have it, um, or has tested, make sure you don't go near anyone else. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. If you um, are displaying signs and symptoms of it. And then also isolate yourself until you figure out what, what to do next. Call the hotline and you get all the advice you need. Um, and all you have to do is search Coronavirus Hotline Australia or Victoria and the number pops up. It's very easy. Um, don't go to your doctor's waiting room and sit there for 45 minutes. Call them ahead. Uh, make sure that um, they're aware that you're 
um, worried about potentially having it um, so that they'll tell you what to do. A lot of them will come out and swab you in the car park so you don't actually have to get out of your car. What they're um, doing now, I've had a few clients say that they they are waiting in their cars and yeah. then the doctors ring their or text their mobile and then they go straight to their room. So yeah. they're already isolating people in their cars. Yeah. So no one's utilising the waiting room. Perfect. Room, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We've started doing that here. We've, yeah. we've, yeah. we've got less seats inside and people were sitting out on the, on the porch or in their car. We're sanitising um, everything. Yeah. My poor dry hands. So that's the next thing. Yeah, sanitise stuff when you're using it the best you can. Um, and just when you're, when you're out, if you are going out, you know, I know for me, and I'm sure so many people do it, I touch my face all the time. I know, unless like, you're wearing God, a dog cone. stop <laughs> touching my face. But I can't wait to see Nads rock up with the dog I know, me either. I must be one at home, Nads, I can let you. <laughs> You know, look, be a good reminder. <laughs> but, you know, anytime you, if you're going to the shops or, you know, I just went and got a drink for us at the cafe. While I was there, I sanitised. When I got back here, I sanitised. I, I sanitised my steering wheel. Just things that, yeah. you know, I would never normally do. Yeah. Uh, but it's just knowing that any contact I'm having outside of my home, that I'm just yeah. being really... Rigorous and respect the like if you want to go out to a park with your kids or whatever, stay away from people. Yeah, like just find your own little place, find your own little area of out, outdoors. Um, don't go to places where people are. I just saw a photo online of yesterday at Bondi Beach, and the whole beach was full. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, these people don't understand social isolating, like, literally full, like, yeah, right, chockers. Because obviously there must have been a hot day in New South Wales. Yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? Like, why would you be doing that? Yeah. Not only because you're at risk of catching something yourself, um, and then that, the ramifications of that. Mm. But yeah, that so that they're probably the best preventative measures mm. from in terms of behavioural. Yeah. Now let's talk about um, from a health perspective. How do we make sure our body is as best prepared as possible? Um, to yeah. deal with this like how can you prevent it like yeah. if you get if you get exposed to someone not every single person gets infected obviously when they're exposed to someone so why yes. is, why do some people get it and other people not what can we do to try and be that person that doesn't get it yeah that's a great question um i was listening to a really great uh podcast this morning it wasn't a podcast it was a, a live on facebook and um if you're listening some of you know that um i'm work closely with Dr. Joe Dispenza, big in the personal development world, and I was listening to him talk to our community. So he had a level of conversation to a group of people that understand emotional resilience and knowing that they're not going to let their external environment dictate their internal environment. Nadra's going to talk about emotional resilience and things like that. So I think number one is there is some people that are just resilient and their immune systems are resilient and it may say metaphysical and things like that, but I often do see that people that are more emotionally resilient, their immune systems seem to mimic that. And mm-hmm. I think we can just use our common sense to think that that's not a far leap, that mm-hmm. if you're emotionally resilient, there is something about the innate uh, intelligence of, a, of our human beingness that the immune system may follow that. So well, we're sort of instructing our physiology. Aren't yeah, we? that's Without a good Thank you. Yes. Conscious about it. Yeah. But we know that. Yeah, what our belief system and our emotions and then our behaviours. So we know that 
even forced smiling creates a cascade of hormones in our body, even if we're not feeling that happiness. So we know the power of what we think, behave, do. Thank you. That's yeah. That's <laughs> thank you for jumping in with that because you're right. And we know mm. you're right. That forced smile raises. I think we saw. In, I think it's uh, immunoglobulin A or secretory IgA yeah. gets raised. We know that laughing and. You know, we know that. So, and maybe I'll come back to that one because yeah. I think um, yeah. I'll talk about the real physicality and then we'll have a conversation around that because I think this stuff is so mm. important. But mm-hmm. there's basic things. Eating more vegetables, I don't think we've ever seen a study that that will kill people. Fancy. No. In no. fact, anything green leafies, they're high in antioxidants, vitamin A and K and um, C and all these great, wonderful things, that's going to boost your immune system. So... Mm. Lots of coloured vegetables, those are really rich in antioxidants and phytonutrients. Green leafy vegetables, generally anyway, I eat nine cups of vegetables a day, three cups of coloured, three cups of greens, three cups of sulphur, which are your mushrooms, onions, garlic, bok choy, broccoli, cauliflower, but getting plenty of variety and then incorporating herbs and spices into your cooking. You know, they are the natural medicine in a sense so cooking with garlic we know garlic's good for the immune system adding in turmeric and ginger and Mm -hmm. adding all these amazing things Mm -hmm. into your cooking will help naturally boost your immune system so and go to the local green grocers yeah not necessarily south melbourne market um, (laughs) yeah no no i'm glad i've moved away from there like the other day local places uh you know i live in monty strip shop outdoor i can go in there get what I need, come out, sanitise. But, you know, we know that fresh stuff is plentiful. We're not going to run out of, of fresh produce in Australia. And you support your local growers. But stay away is... from the big chains yeah. where we're not. it's not really supporting our mental health, I don't think, going into these big chains because we're seeing behaviours that are really quite individualistic um, and that are yeah quite depressing in themselves. I so I think go to your local areas um, where you can you know get in there and out. There won't be as many people, um, and then you can maintain getting that fr- fresh produce. Yeah, you and, get in and out too. So imagine let's go to Woolworths and sit in line for yeah, forty five right. minutes you know, amongst all the these other people. The place that we can be contained inside. Yeah, in queues. I totally agree. Stressful environment. That's right. Yeah. So stay away from those places. We've we've got. A myriad of places to go local small business will really appreciate your custom then you can still access these fresh products and totally so, yeah it, look eating fresh green leafies lots of fruits and vegetables cutting down on sugar I mean we know that eating a high sugar diet dampens the immune response mm-hmm. there's so many studies to suggest that I'm not making that stuff up staying away from deep fried fatty refined foods and eating fresh like Again, not rocket science, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, good quality if you're eating meat, good quality meat, lots of fish high in omegas, um, which are anti-inflammatory, nuts and seeds, all of those things that really promote a healthy system. That's the first thing we can do to prevent it. The next one is sunshine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we had a, in Melbourne here, we didn't have the most fabulous February. It kind of made a, it's trying to make up for it at the moment, but, you know, so I, our vitamin D, I'm looking at people coming in with their blood tests, and vitamin D is actually lower than what I normally would mm. see around this time of year. And it's amazing just having that month of February that felt like June <laughs> of how that's shifted people's, mm. you know, um, vitamin D. And now, of course, people aren't going outside. But being outside is one of the greatest places to be. It's easy to socially distance. Um, you can go for a run, sit in the park, but get... And there's things 
more than vitamin D, and I've said this on other podcasts, that we get from sunlight that we just don't know. So getting out and getting into the sunshine. The other thing that we were noticing... Get up on your roof. Get up... If, you, if that's all you've got. <laughs> just don't get, fall just off. Just get access to the sun. Most of us don't live in apartment buildings. Yeah. We're yeah. lucky we've got access to our yeah. spaces. And it might mean driving, if you are really sub- suburban, you know, get in your car and drive maybe drive out 10 minutes or access so many spaces mm. where we, we were talking about it this morning on your walk you didn't come across anyone yeah. like there's so many places where yeah you can get off the beaten track and yeah. we know getting into nature is so good for yeah, our immune so system it's a combination of you know like yes. sunshine and nature yeah nature is so good go for a hike you know like and then that brings me to my next thing exercising mm-hmm. we're seeing lots of people are quitting going to the gym but yeah. again whoever said exercise was an indoor activity you know you can go outside, go to the park. Um, you know, for me, I had a great conversation with my neurophysio the other day who's um, really up to speed, used to work in a hospital, and he's really all over, you know, disease and things like that. And he was like, go to the park and do yoga. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great idea. Or, you know, exercise if you need to stay at home, if you're self-isolating, you know, get some therabands or, you know, you can do tricep push-ups using a chair and push-ups there's so much that you can do and maybe you're better to talk about this marcus than me but there's so much exercise you can do that you don't need to be at a gym you can you can self-isolate i've seen some great videos of spain where they're in these really close positioned apartments and in the middle of all of them there was a a lower um, height apartment block and so there's a guy standing on the roof and he's conducting a, a fitness class for all the people around, and, so all their, and they're all in these apartment buildings doing it on their veranda. And he's just in the middle on top of this it. other one. It was just amazing, right? So it. you just basically have to get yourself puffed out Dude. and sweaty, you know, yeah. like do whatever you want to do, you know, and just don't hurt yourself because then you have to come somewhere else where you need care. Yes, you know, if you if you don't want to, if you're trying to stay in your own home. And there's some great, yeah. like, Netflix and Apple so, TV. There's so many great things. Down Dog, two words, is an app. They've got a, a number of apps. The favourite apps, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Um, so, and at the moment, I don't know how I access it free. I don't know how that works. But they're offering it free to everyone at the moment. So they have Down Dog Hit, so high-intensity interval training. Yeah. Um, and you basically construct your own workout. So you choose the time, you choose the music, you choose Love whether it. it's upper, lower, cardio. Um, and then it's a video and an audio sequence. And so you can watch. So I just do it on my iPhone. I get outside. This is when I'm time poor and I'm trying to squeeze in and, and work out anyway. And it's a great workout because it changes every time. You, you do it based on how much time you've got, what sort of workout you want. The music's great. It's so that's get onto that, and they also have a yoga one. So same same principle. You choose. So we'll put the that music in the, and the yeah. practice. Put that in the notes. Uh, great best apps. Down dog. Down dog. Down dog. I love it. Get on it. All okay. right. Um. So what about sups? I'm just mindful of how long. Yeah, we're right. I'll talk here. sups. I also just want to include meditation because we know oh. meditating. You know, I'm a big yes. meditator. Increases secretory IGA, decreases those stress hormones. You know, improve your cortisol response. You don't want your cortisol going up. That dampens your immune response. So, Insight Timer. Insight Timer. Another great app, Insight Timer. Nad sent us through a great one today. So mm-hmm. we can add that in the notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, there's so many... Maybe you can put together a few. Yeah, I'm happy to, to suggest a, little... a few ones because it's a bit of a minefield because there's 35,000 so free meditations <laughs> yeah. and it's hard. It's a bit overwhelming. Yeah. But... 
there's like you can click on categories so if it's if you're stressed if you're trying to sleep if you're whatever whatever space you're in at that time yeah um, and there's a lot of coronavirus specific meditations that are being released daily uh so from big names so elizabeth gilbert who wrote eat pray love she did one the other day talking about fear so it's such an an invaluable resource that's completely free um and then if you want to sign up and do courses which are great too that's not that costly so that's my yeah that's good all right supplements I do also want to add infrared saunas because if you've got if your immune system isn't robust, we we're talking about fevers right before. One of the things that you can do to help burn the virus off, um, if you think you've been exposed, is to get into an infrared sauna and naturally raise your body temperature. That is something that I'm going to start doing now just to get my immune system primed. I also think sitting in infrared saunas, it's anti-inflammatory. It's got so many benefits to us, but I also think it primes the immune system a little bit. So Mickey's and yep. Tippy Dog up mm-hmm. in um, research, they said they would help us out. So go there and say you've come from my Cairo. They've got a huge four-seater um, infrared sauna up there with a shower next to it. So if you do an infrared sauna, you want to sweat, that's releasing the toxins. You want to shower straight after it. Otherwise, you're just going to reabsorb the toxins straight back through your skin. So they're set up properly in there. And if you're... One more cold shower. Doesn't matter. Uh, I do cold, um, but no, it doesn't matter. Um, and then Wim Hof, go look him up. We've talked about him numerous times. I won't go into it. I'll get into the supplements. Yeah. But, you know, Wim Hof, he was injected with endotoxins. He, through his breathing technique, could override it. So that's the other thing I want to remind you all is that you, we actually do have the ability to get control mm-hmm. over our autonomic nervous system. And there are people out there doing this stuff. So look up Wim Hof, look at his research. He's been studied by hospitals. Again, this stuff isn't made up. You do his breathing. I'm doing cold showers and swimming and yep. and I'm doing his breath and just that and, it, and the immune system. And, you know, I know what it did for my dad who was really sick. So... Get on that. We've, we've talked about that in another podcast. Yeah, we Put did. some links to those too. We had yeah. a, we've got an immunity podcast and a cryotherapy podcast. Yeah. So we can we talk about both of those. Yeah. Fasting as well. Yeah, that would be great too. So all of those, we've talked about them before. I won't go into can detail. And Wim Hof has got a 30-day course. He does for on free. On site timer as well oh and he's released his course he's reduced the price for everybody because of corona as well so he's got a special on there as well so i i've got so much respect for that man so all right question on infrared because i'm the one the dummy here that has to just clarify no i love it ask so can the virus exist in that in the in the sauna itself so if you're sitting in there with randoms like i wouldn't sit with a random i would go with you know we could go and do a uh my cairo but it can't exist, like it can't survive in the sauna itself, like with the heat, do you know? I don't, I would be making that up, I would, but I know that they're wiping down and okay. practicing their proper hygiene. in the air, like, just a question, because I'm... Yeah, I'm, it's actually a really good question, and mm-hmm. I would assume that Tippy Dog and stuff are doing things where if you're sick, they won't let you go in there, or... Or if you do, you have to wear a mask. I'm not okay. sure. I, I wouldn't have thought so with the heat, but I'm making that up. And I'm really yeah. anti-doing anything that I make up in this yeah. podcast because of what we spoke about earlier. So I don't know is the okay. answer. But yeah. that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can look into that and find out. Supplements. So I spoke about um, the mushroom extract AHCC, which is a specific strain. It's other shiitake or reishi, and I'm sorry that I don't shiitake. know. It's shiitake, thank you. 
So it comes from shiitake, um, and that's the one that we talked about that blunts these tendrils that come off the, um, the virus so it doesn't um, present its uh, DNA onto our um, receptor sites as much. Because um, eating shita- mushrooms... Yes, I, I'm, so you know, I often mushrooms. eat... Yeah. I mean, this AHCC spra- strain is very specific and it's extracted and, yeah. and done that sort Potent, of stuff. Probably, but yeah. eating um, medicinal mushrooms... Yeah. Um, that you can eat and that are ingestible, like things like uh, shiitake. I eat shiitakes when I can get them mm. all the time. I love mm-hmm. them. So I think mushrooms are really good for that. But turkey tail, there's been some studies done on turkey tail. It's another mushroom and it looks like a turkey tail. Yes. Um, and it was really effective in working with the herpes virus. Um, and in fact, the herpes virus, they say, will stay in our system 10 years or so, if not longer. And taking turkey tail, um, 75% of people after taking it for a prolonged period of time had the virus had gone the turkey tail had wiped it out so if you look up life cycle there um, a mob up in byron bay they do uh, really high quality mushroom extracts um, they've got the mycelium they extract with the mycelium and that's really important it seems to improve its efficacy um, plus they're really environmentally conscious i have so much respect for those guys that have started up they're really good quality products um, you can jump on there as well and look at Biocycle. They've got some great research about each of the mushrooms and what they do. So any of your medicinal mushrooms, I've got um, cordyceps, mm-hmm. all of those sort of things. We, they've been around for eons. They have a, an amazing effect on the immune system. Mycelium is the stuff that sits under the soil. Yes. So mycelium exists around the entire planet under the soil. And the mushroom is like the flowering off the mycelium. Thank right? you. Yes. So in case people are wondering what that is. Yeah. And it's the mycelium is the it's the connector. It talks to yeah. everything. Again, go look up the life of trees. It's such, such an interesting. Yeah. We have to do a podcast. Look up. Look that. up Paul Stamets. Yes. He's, like, he's an incredible he's the man. person. He's, yeah. he's, he's the man. Um, other herbs that are really great are angiographus. Angiographus is a really it's also known as the king of bitters. It's not the nicest tasting herb, um, but it um, raises our natural killer cells in our body. So natural killer cells, as the name suggests, are cells that go around and think this is friend or foe and decide that "Mm, that's something that should be in our body and and then devours it and produces this immune response that we want. So andrographis is great at that. Also antiviral. Echinacea, good old echinacea, nice and antiviral and things like that. So that will support your immune system. You could be doing that prophylactically or to prevent high dose vitamin c again this has been um spoken about i think they were using that again maybe it was yeah, China. They, yeah, they were using they were, that they yeah so no, right, sh- oh, maybe it was in shanghai maybe. yeah i think in shanghai i think you're right no, so vitamin c if you get it in the right form um, and a good quality one it doesn't hit bowel tolerance um, as soon as crappy versions of vitamin c bowel tolerance means you get diarrhea so um a good quality vitamin C you can get right up to sort of five to seven grams. You don't want to get bowel tolerance, which is per diarrhea day. per day. Yes. And it's not all at once. It's spaced out. Yeah, so vitamin C is water soluble and only absorbed a little bit. So the best way to do vitamin C is to get a water bottle, put some in there and sip it slowly over the day. That way you won't hit bowel tolerance as quickly. Um, and that's how vitamin C is absorbed. Um, If you take it all at once, you're just going to excrete it back out again. If you just drip feed it to yourself, that's really good. So So, what a thousand milligram uh, tablet taken seven times across the whole course of the day be okay? Or do you think that's still too high dose at once? 
No, I think that'd be okay. It's very individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, make sure you get good quality. Like if you're buying off the shelf, Woolworth, yeah, chemist mm. warehouse brand, it's not it's not in the form that your body's going to absorb it. So, you know, you can come and talk to us here, or ask us, you know, which forms are better. Liposomal vitamin C seems to be really well absorbed, and again, doesn't hit bowel tolerance as well for people that. Um, a bit more sensitive to vitamin C or if they uh, are a bit more immune compromised liposomal vitamin C might be a really good option it's not as hard on the gut and things like that so vitamin C is great vitamin D uh, vitamin D and I love we call it vitamin D it's actually a hormone um, but vitamin D is so important the way vitamin D works is we've got these genes in our body called HLA genes and the HLA genes are what tell our immune system what's friend and what's foe it's like the head of a company in your immune system and it's giving the instructions through these HLA genes of what to do. If your vitamin D is low, what happens with the HLA genes is the instruction gets muffled. And so you go from having, I don't know, Elon Musk heading your company up to having Homer Simpson heading your company up. And so you can imagine... (laughs) With his little bird that pushes the button. Yes, yes. So if you have... Imagine Homer Simpson running your immune system. Well, I think you get the analogy. Hopefully everybody knows who Homer Simpson is. But, um, you know, so what happens is the HLA genes that would say, this is friend, this is foe, get confused. And you're actually more likely to develop autoimmune disease. That's why we know things like vitamin D deficiency and things like MS and other autoimmune diseases make you more prone to get the disease. And that the theory is that's those HLA genes have gotten confused. And so long-term boosting your vitamin D now stops you having any long-term complications from COVID. We don't know what the long-term ramifications mm-hmm. of this. For instance, we know the glandular fever virus um, is seems to be linked to autoimmune diseases. And potentially the theory of that is if you are vitamin D deficient, during the time that you've got the um, glandular fever virus and maybe certain genes and if you were stressed, that makes a perfect mm-hmm. shitstorm for, for getting that sort of stuff. And we don't know what the long-term effects of COVID are, we're guessing. So, But one of the best things you can do for yourself is to take good doses of vitamin D, check, get a blood test, see what your vitamin D is up. I like vitamin D over 100 and if you're immune compromised, I keep mine around 200 so millimoles per litre. If you... Remember, the British Medical Journal did that where they looked, I think it was like 25 studies where mm-hmm. they compared vitamin D supplementation versus the flu shot to yes. see effectiveness of vitamin D. Yes. Um, and they, they found, you know, that I think it was about a, a tenfold um, increase, increase yeah. in benefit from that. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not talking about the flu. We're not trying to compare COVID to the flu. But do you see that... Boosting, not only is it future protecting yourself yes. um, in case of infection, do you think it actually has, if it's switching on these um, HLA genes and it's we're faster um, able to determine what's friend or foe, I think that so. means that potentially taking this high dose means if we do get exposed, our reaction will be so fast that we perhaps won't even know that it's even come across our path. I, I suspect yeah. that that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, vitamin D in really good levels, and I think... And we talk about this in the immunity podcast, yeah. that you know, people don't really get sick in summertime. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, wintertime is when people start, you know, we call yeah. it the flu season. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not advertising people, 
over here to get flu shots in September. No. No, it's all really sort of starting to happen now. Yeah. As we're approaching the colder months because they know that that's when our systems are down. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. And look, toxicity levels of vitamin D, Australian lifeguards get right up to 800 uh, nanomoles per litre in their blood. Again, that's naturally mm-hmm. through the sunlight. That's not taking supplementation. Supplementation toxicity is around 400. I've never seen a patient come in at 400. Um, I take whopping big doses of vitamin mm. D and mine's never got up to that level. So, again, it's something you should probably blood test for before, but most people sit around 50 to 75, mm. and I think for preventative, you want your blood levels of vitamin D at least over 100, and if you're immune compromised, um, over 200 or around the 200 mark, there's no toxicity ever seen really at that level. So, mm. um, and, you know, in Australia, our vitamin D supplements are capped at 1,000 IU, um, so if you want to take bigger doses, again, I would talk to a healthcare practitioner before doing this, um, but you can order them from overseas, which is what I do. Um, natural sources of vitamin D, uh, oily fishes with the bones and things in them, like um, sardines. Cod liver oil. Again, I don't know like you, but my parents used to shove cod liver oil down my throat when I was young. Very good for children. So if you're mm. wanting something for children to take as a preventative, and Andrew, yeah, you asked me about this before. Capsules, <laughs> Nordic Naturals make a strawberry tasting cod liver oil that you can get off iHerb. Great. Oh, I think I already give that to them. Yeah, good levels. Yeah, good just bump, well just done, bump it up. Well done, Nats. Pat on the back. Yeah. Just maybe increase the dose at the moment. But mm-hmm. um, cod liver oil for kids, really great uh, because vitamin A is another one. Vitamin A increases naturally immunoglobulin um, Ig IgAs. Um, serum IgA and IgA is our natural immunity in our mucous membranes so it coats all our nasal passages and upper respiratory system and it's the first line of defense when we get sick and that's what they're saying with COVID you know it's when we sneeze or we do anything and it sits in the air particles and then it lands on surfaces and then we're touching our face Um, and it's so it's got to go through these mucous membranes if your secretory IgA is at a really good level that's your first line of defense against disease so vitamin A is a great way to naturally increase secretory IgA so is laughing and watching funny movies by the way and meditating they all increase secretory IgA but cod liver oil has both vitamin A and D so great for kids vitamin C is great for kids Echinacea, great for kids. Andrographis tastes pretty bad. It's hard to get it into children and you'd want to just lower the dose. It's very bitter. Um, and how long can you keep up these doses of things? Because they often will say on the packaging, you know, it's not really designed for yeah. long long use. So, like, what would you say is a safe vitamin to keep consuming yeah. all of these herbs? and That's and a great question. So vitamin D... Um, I do via blood tests and I'm on vitamin D all the time, plus mm-hmm. getting out into sunshine. And yeah. I think that's that's okay. Uh, vitamin C, we're one of the only creatures, plus think guinea pigs that don't produce their own vitamin C. If you're eating a really healthy Except diet. you're pregnant. Yes. They Apparently. produce vitamin C? I, I think so. Mm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I read that. Yeah, right. I'd have to look into that. Maybe it's wrong. I could be something <laughs> different. I'll, I'll look it up now. Just yeah, to right. make sure. Well, humans C. don't make vitamin C. I'm sure that pregnant women can make vitamin C. Yeah, right. There you go. You learn mm. something new every day. Um, so vitamin C, again, that's probably four weeks at those bigger doses. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you naturally find is your bowel tolerance over time as you saturate the cells will come down. Decreases. So you'll take less and less vitamin C anyway. Yeah. Um, 
And then things like herbs, andrographis, you want to want to be on long term. Echinacea, I don't feel bad about putting people on echinacea right through the winter seasons mm, if I think okay. they're going to get yeah, sick. Yeah, so it's months you're talking. Yeah, and, and cod liver oil again, I think. Is it? Yeah, it is a fat soluble vitamin. Um, again, if you're just you don't want to overdo vitamin mm. A and D, mm-hmm. um, so I'd probably do that for sort of eight weeks. Um, and then just test and that's where blood testing and working with your GP just to check levels to get some feedback around that stuff mm-hmm. um, andrographis I probably wouldn't use long term the mushroom yeah. the AHCC seems to be okay long term okay um, I haven't seen any a shiitake a day will keep the COVID away oh I like oh, it yeah. there you go you just coined a new one so yeah. and zinc what about zinc that's zinc shouldn't take long term yeah. for sure yeah um, zinc I tend to use not so much as a preventative, but during. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, if you are someone that gets white spots in your nails, I'm looking at my nails because I used to and I've got none because I'm taking my zinc. If you get white spots in your nails, have altered taste and smell, they are potentially signs that you're low mm-hmm. in zinc. So that wasn't a myth, was it? No, that's not a myth. And zinc's quite easy for your GP to test. Um, mm-hmm. You can have a test um, or you can do something called a zinc tally test that we do here in the clinic. I can do that with people. We can see how well you can taste it. Zinc's mm-hmm. used in over 200 enzyme pathways in the body. And if you're deficient in zinc, one of the first pathways that get reduced is taste. And so if your taste is reduced, it's a good sign that you're deficient in zinc. So mm-hmm. I tend to use more zinc in treating rather than a preventative. Yeah. Um, if you're taking zinc supplements, always take it after food. It's quite hard on the gut. Mm-hmm. If you go and take a nice zinc liquid zinc and you've not eaten good chance you're not going to like like me for just suggesting that it makes you quite nauseated so Mm -hmm. zinc after food Mm -hmm. um they're the main ones there are some other great antiviral herbs chinese medicine's got some great antivirals and probably you want to um add here but i saw some research papers talking about having chiropractic adjustments and the effect that has on the immune system yeah so we just had a report come out that um told us we're not allowed to talk about it so okay. I'll have to pull the pin right. on that, our, our mm. governing body. Um, and really it's because of the standard of evidence. So there have right. been trials, that they've, they've done studies, and what they did is they went through and investigated all of these studies. So essentially what they've been able to show in very low-level scientific studies is that after manipulation, people can get changes to some of the immune cell density in their body, mm-hmm. but they don't know whether that has any clinical effect. So okay. um, in, in other words... What they've shown is, yes, we can have maybe this effect on the body, but does that actually help people in any way? Mm, There's still a question on that yet. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. Okay. That's all I'm allowed to say. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there. So, yeah, well, if we just, I, wouldn't, I would not encourage that anyway as the first line of call no. for people. Um, in that if, you, if you're relying on like a, like a hit like that, it's something that it's probably going to have better benefits through stress management and movement and all that um, as part of the overall package of making people feel well and navigate through this challenge um, rather than the direct impact gotcha. um, from an immune response perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's some great information so far on that. And we're, I think right now you've got a, an info-dense podcast on COVID and what to do about it um, and try and help support yourself. But... Running parallel to this whole saga, as we spoke about at the start, is this mental health um, issue where mm-hmm. people are really suffering multiple levels. People are losing their jobs. People are living in fear. People are worried about relatives. Um, you know, an uncertain future is something that um, derails a lot of people. So, 
um, Nadra is going to talk a little bit about that and uh, perhaps um, you know what a situation like this can do to people from a mental health perspective and what we need to do to try and support ourselves um, through this mm. okay that's broad but I'll start with <laughs> so I'm going to narrow it down on something. no I will start with you just take this where you want to take it because you're obviously seeing clients yeah. in the room having yeah. these conversations as well um, start where you think is best. Okay. So probably a lot of people know Tony Robbins. Yeah. Who yep. is a bit of a powerhouse around the world. So he he talks about the six core human needs and one is certainty. So we can see that one of all of our pillars is very shaky at the moment. So I think... In terms of that that need for certainty, it's the acceptance of the levels of uncertainty that this situation is creating. So Mm -hmm. there are things that we can't be certain about, which is always the way as human beings anyway. So I think Mm -hmm. it's acknowledging that there's a lot of vulnerability around that need that we have. Mm -hmm. So it's accepting that it is uncertain and we don't know what what this is going to look like we're in the unknown long term a lot of unknown so i i don't think it's unhelpful i think it's actually the opposite it's very helpful to acknowledge that and that we feel vulnerable and bringing in another big gun brene brown talks a lot about (laughs) vulnerability Mm -hmm. and that that's the acknowledgement of that vulnerability is a starting point that we are vulnerable and Mm -hmm. that, that there are many uncertain elements so I think it's okay and important to acknowledge that and to talk about that is helpful. So to, to have those more intimate conversations with people that you love and trust about that uncertainty and, and how you're feeling, I think is incredibly important because we know that by verbalising, by expressing ourselves, then that's only going to help us ground and to be able to access resources that we need either internally or externally. So that's probably the first point I want to make. Is and what about identifying the, identifying the actual vulnerable part of you, right? Because yeah. we, t- you, we throw yeah. words around like vulnerability. Yeah. What do you, where, where do you feel vulnerable? Yeah. Is it in your career or work or yes. is it in your family? Yeah. Is it yeah. yourself? Like, I personally haven't felt very vulnerable in terms of, like my my own body, my own health. Yes. But you know, my wife's pregnant, so yes. there's I feel some vulnerability around what mm. you know how I could be potentially exposing myself that may have an impact there. You know, so mm. vulnerability in itself, I think it's good to kind of dig into, and yeah. then what that might do on the flip side, I don't know, is lead to people understanding what's valuable. Yeah. Um, as well, yeah. which is sometimes not necessarily always apparent. Mm. I think that's a really good point. Is to understand what uncertainty means for you because as you said it's not going to look the same for everyone and and what their challenges are and what this situation presents will look slightly different for each person so what I would encourage people to do is is to actually write the question down on a piece of paper what am I feeling uncertain or vulnerable about and just write words so whatever comes up People are often uncertain as to even how to journal. There is no great, correct way to journal, but just write words that come up. So as, you, as you're quietening down, 
just tune in and write anything that comes to mind. It's my own health and it's my job when my children get sick, when my wife gets sick. So it's actually acknowledging all of those parts mm. by writing that down or having that, that conversation with someone and, and ch- asking each other, what, what does this mean for you? What are you uncertain about? What, what do you find yourself worrying about? What are those things in your consciousness that you find yourself worrying about? So identifying those will actually quell the, the rumination. So once we kind of get to the core of something and we understand what is driving the anxiety or the fear, even though we haven't necessarily changed that situation, by identifying, identifying it and then starting to process the emotions around that by writing about it and expressing it, we know that that will naturally you know, quieten the mind, which is what we're trying to do, is not to be living in our heads and, mm. and ruminating. Personal anecdote, I mean, I, was, I had to self-isolate for a period last week um, and wait for a test result. Mm. I journaled. Right, mm. the exact same thing. Yeah, what you just spoke about mm. then, and it was very helpful. Yeah, um, just to to ask myself some questions, and every time I answered a question, it revealed another question. Mm. So, well, why mm. is that then? Yes. And then why is that then? And the more you dig into it, it actually starts to reveal yeah. um, those important things, like what are, what is most important yeah. to me. Yeah, and then you know that actually has it's it's had somewhat. I mean, it's very early because it's something just happened yeah. for me, but some mind shifting kind of power as well in terms of what happens after this whole scenario and mm. how am I going to conduct myself mm. I mm. already feel is going to be different yeah it's quite profound and you've made another good point is answer the questions so because our mind you know it loves questions and what we will naturally do if we don't have an answer to a question is we will ruminate about mm. it and often Often we don't haven't identified what the question is, but there's obviously something that is being generated that we're staying on. So answering the questions is the best thing we can do, and then it might generate, as you said, another question. But keep answering the questions. Well, what will I do if I lose my job? Okay, well, what would that mean? So you're almost creating a level of certainty then from the uncertainty you are, yourself. So you right? are. You're right. So you are creating as much certainty or a felt sense of certainty mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that we mm-hmm. are certain out there it, but it's it is creating as much psychological certainty within ourselves so answer the questions don't shy away from it we avoid things as human beings so get get in with the fears and the worries and the and the emotions that are coming up and sit with them and look at what that is and yeah. notice where that is in your body and, and be curious about all of this stuff that's coming up because that's where I feel like our true resilience comes from. I was going to say to you, let's, we should talk about true resilience. It's our confidence that we can get through things and people are so scared of, the, of discomfort and emotional discomfort, which is what probably a lot of us are feeling. So when we know that we're okay with that and we can tolerate that, that's where that that resilience comes from. And we want the resilience to come from within. We want to build those resources internally because, as we said, we we don't have the control out there. And where we have that control is is within. And how we we see situations is, is how 
is what will determine what happens for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have an opportunity to not let our environment dictate our internal environment. And it was interesting what Tanzan was saying today, right? She had patients come in that she thought would be feeling vulnerable, like the elderly, and they were like, we've been through war. This is nothing. Or our beautiful patient that her and I shared that fled um, as a refugee. And so she's like, this is nothing because mm. they've, they've been through things that they've got this emotional resilience yes. to things. And there's another guy who's like himself. happy-go-lucky, friendliest yes. man. He comes in and he's such a positive soul yeah. who's really been decimated by this because he lives his life from an external stimulus perspective. He's mm. always going to events or going yeah. to do other things and all that's been taken away from him. So mm. now he's forced like the, yeah, the being forced inside is, is quite... Um, mentally challenging for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And, and, you know, we were talking about this before, is that reliance on external... So whether it's people, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's, yeah, attending certain things, whether it's our hobbies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our normal, our normal day life. So, yeah, developing on, those yeah. internal resources. And that doesn't mean you're not going to miss those things or not doing those things shouldn't have an impact on you because I know within myself that that part of what I do and what I do outside of the home greatly fuels my well-being. So, we, but it's riding the, but the it's emotions temporary. around We've that. We've got to remember it's temporary. Yeah. Like, you know, this guy loves going to the footy. Footy season will be back next year. Yeah. It might even be back later on this year. We don't know that. It's unlikely, but it'll be back next year. Mm. You know, you just have to do something different in the interim, you know. It's um, a great opportunity to evolve. Read a book, write a book, yeah. do a puzzle, yeah. draw a picture, you know, <laughs> like do something else, like, you know, learn an instrument, learn a language, um, you know, but I moved into a house of, with a garden, yeah. learn how to garden. <laughs> yeah. Those things, though, for some people are going to be very challenging because yeah. it's just so foreign to how they live their life now. Yeah. So I'm certainly not saying that that's easy and it's just like, oh, we'll just do that and you won't feel... The emotions, because I know for me, my my emotional state of being more volatile, and that's also because I'm with my family. We've been spending a lot more time together, so it's navigating their experience as well. I'm being close to that. That also impacts yeah. us. So I think it's just accepting that ride, and that your your state might vary more rapidly. Uh, because you have to be still and you have to, there's a lot more quiet, which people, it's very scary for people. Yeah. So. It is funny because I was at a, at my brother-in-law's house and they, I was in their backyard and I'm, I just couldn't believe how quiet it was there. Mm. Like I'm not used to hearing, yes. not hearing, yes. like, just, like hearing so little or just not hearing yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. like cars and planes mm. and whatever. Mm. There was just no noise. And, um, it makes you feel uncertain because it's something that you're not used to. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, though. No, which I think no is it's something unknown. It's, we, yeah. we, we tag unknown with fearful. but That's a protective. It's a protective thing. But sometimes the unknown... Because if we keep thinking the way we thought, we're always going to get what we've got, right? So when you're in routine, it doesn't give you the opportunity mm. for as much growth because you're doing the same, thinking the same, being the same. The unknown, if you look at it this way, has an opportunity Mm. to think and be and evolve differently. And it's in that opportunity that we experience growth as a human. I think even like choice of words is really, when you said that, something popped into my head, which is 
if you do what Nadra's saying in your journal, when you ask the question, you answer the question, you find a new question, you answer the question, what you probably get to is a position of actually known, mm. but it's unfamiliar, yes. which are two different things, right? Mm, like yeah. unfamiliar isn't necessarily bad, no. right? Unknown is quite fearful because you're like, mm. I'm going into the unknown. Yeah. What, what's mm. going to be there? Versus saying, hey, I'm not familiar with somewhere where it's quiet. But you know what? I love going on holidays to unfamiliar places. Yes. We do mm-hmm. like unfamiliar in other ways when we're in control. Yeah. Um, we just have to try and establish control through yeah. the questions that you're yeah. suggesting, uh, I think. Yeah. yeah. And the flip side of the certainty, which Tony Robbins says, is we, we do need novel and uncertainty. So what feels like a contradiction is that we actually do need both. So it is really embracing this uncertainty you know, unasked for probably for most mm-hmm. people uncertainty and reframing that as fearful rather than being fearful or unknown. It's, it's okay, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. So Exactly. It's that being welcome or try and be more, less resistant of, of these things that are coming our way that we can explore. And, you know, sometimes it's the spectre of the whole situation, which makes you feel unknown. But if mm. you focus on what you do know and you break it down, you know more than you realise. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's been living in the present moment, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're in the present, there's always something you can do or be or connected to. It's when we postulate out into the future. And we just, no one knows that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very naturally pragmatic and logical. So it's, and, you know practice very much living in the moment so in any given moment i'm like do i have control over this no what do i have control over and what can i do i have control over my internal emotions Mm -hmm. i have control over what i put in my mouth i have control over those things and Mm so i'll practice those things and what i don't have control about i'm okay with because Mm -hmm. i can't and so i can't possibly not going to put energy into things that i can't possibly Mm -hmm. change Mm-hmm. And then I'm not leeching energy in and giving my power away to circumstances that I'm never going to have an answer to, mm. because that to me seems crazy. Yeah, yeah. So beyond journaling, mm-hmm. we talked about meditation before, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to put obviously some resources in the show notes. Yeah. Um, what else do you think? What else do you think we could do? What about from a like meditate, telling people to meditate is one thing. Obviously, times a day, um, like some practicality um, yeah. to this conversation. Like, how, what mm-hmm. can we do from a, if we look at a, a, a checklist or a task list, what can we do? Journaling, meditation, when do we do it? How I do would we do it? What uh, else? make a point of trying to do it first thing in the morning mm-hmm. meditate. before we get, mm-hmm. we get on a highway of certain thought patterns. So if we can really access that sort of as soon as we wake up, that's a really great time. And don't go and check your emails mm-hmm. and the news before you meditate. It's so, about taking control back over your mind, how you want your day yeah. to be, meditating first. Thing. So I would really try and do it first thing. And if that, even if that's five minutes, you know, yes, I'd like that to be longer. But if it, if it is five minutes, do it for five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I would say really try and do it at least first thing in the morning. Uh, we know that evening, an earlier evening or even a later evening, meditation is good too. So if your sleep is a bit more disturbed at the moment, it might be a... My hand is up. <laughs> so it might be a, a meditation that's more geared around sleep mm-hmm. and trying to calm our nervous system. 
So there's some great sleep meditations. I've got a good one on YouTube. I'll yeah. um, put up there too. A guy yeah. named Jason Stevens. Mm-hmm. So meditation, but you can meditate any time of the day. And rather than using the word necessarily meditate, if we're mindful and we're present, we can always tune into our senses. So my strongest sense is hearing. So often if I feel like I'm, I've gotten a bit carried away and I'm not present, I will just tune into what I can hear. And I can name the things that I can mm-hmm. hear. If you're more of a visual person, just really just notice the things that you're seeing. So you can do that anytime. And that's just a lovely way to ground. Just push your feet into the ground, yeah. like touch the chair that you're yeah, in. Yeah, sit in a chair, feel the parts sanitize. of your body that are touching. Yeah. You know, yeah. So come back to our senses. We've got That's where the power lies, is to come into that, that space. So, yeah, be mindful, meditation. Breathing. Breathing. And I've noticed my breathing pattern has changed, so I'm really mindful of this. So... What I just tell people immediately is that once once attending to it, push your shoulders back. So really just try and, not in a forceful See, way, but <laughs> keep your shoulders back, which we our posture's not great at the best of times. So you can see I'm pushing my shoulders back at the moment. And just let go. We, we hold a lot of tension in our diaphragm, which is a huge, it's quite a big muscle, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, and we don't in our Western culture when we're very image con- conscious, we we will tuck pull our tummies in, and we're not even aware of it. So, literally, just let your tummy hang out. Don't push it out, but just let it hang out. And so, even just by doing those two things, and focus on taking those belly breaths. So, what what we classically do when we're stressed and anxious is we you know, take little shallow breaths, chest breathing. So just try and relax. If you're relaxing that diaphragm and, you, and you've got your shoulders back, if you've got a posture pole, and get onto that because that will naturally open up your chest so that it will allow that breathing. Just a foam roller as well, that same thing. Yes. Um, yep. Running up and down your back. Um, not mm-hmm. rolling up and down your back, yep. literally running up and down. Mm-hmm. So the same length as the spine going yep. the same way. Yeah. Yep. And, so yeah, you know. so breathing's absolutely important. We've talked about Wim Hof, uh, but and just letting go. If you if you're letting go of all the tension, even a passive relaxation where you you're working from the top of your head down, you know those points that we hold tension. So we hold tension. We can hold tension anywhere, but you know jaws, neck, shoulders, um, hands and hands. We often and our thighs. We so. Just if we're letting go of all that tension, we're opening up our chest, we're letting go of our diaphragm, that's naturally going to make it easier to breathe. And um, switch off our sympathetic nervous system, yes. right? So we're more yeah. in that rest, digest, parasympathetic, mm-hmm. relaxed. Yeah. Phase. So breathing, definitely really thinking about your sleep routine because sleep is something that Mm-hmm. is paramount to and I should say boost your immune system yes. lack of sleep will yeah. dampen immune response so yeah. thanks yeah. for saying yeah. that so the, the, the sleep hygiene is really important so being really careful of devices device use at night so avoiding that blue light um, avoiding you know bright lighting in your home so once the sun starts to go down or even earlier Shut your blinds, switch to your, your low-level lighting, 
little yeah have I mean have candles. Candles are very huga. Have we heard that word, Danish Huga. word? Yeah. Um, about creating that that sense of um, comfort. Kind if of you want to hear it again, it's on our sleep podcast, and that's um, brought that's out. That's right. Too. You did. Yes. Yeah, we had Huga a good old cack about lighting the candles on fire. That's right. Do you have a comment? Sorry, I may have interrupted you about social media and what people should do around because so many people are getting their information yeah. or misinformation, yeah. whichever one you'd like. Yeah through social media because that's their way of connect we, we yeah. connect through times of trauma right yes. that's how we connect to each other but we feed the fear we of do. it yeah. especially when we're stuck at home on our own at the yeah, moment yeah. like, you know and people aren't actually physically engaging they're engaging online yeah mm. yes so I do have strong strong opinions and advice around this yeah I would turn off first of all turn off any notifications uh, on news I wouldn't. I don't access mainstream news unless it's intentional, mm-hmm. and even then, it might be more ABC. You know, not commercial uh, news. So that's definitely something that I don't trust the agenda, uh, and th- news we know it's presented in a way that it wants to to bring your attention to it. Um, it's it's sensationalism. And hooking through fear. So that's, you know, so we have to understand the lens of, of, of how information I is presented. A really great way to think about this is that if I right now was sitting out in the street and a fire engine came past or an ambulance, I'm whipping my neck around quickly at that thing, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it draws our attention yep. because it's an alarm. Whereas if Mr. Whippy is around, you kind of, you look, you don't even necessarily look at it, you kind of just, Look, oh. look up in the air and you go, oh, you know, you're not, you're not really searching for it. You just, it brings back, you know, maybe a fond memory or whatever, mm. but it doesn't create the same sort of alarm. So the whole idea of news is to get your attention. Yeah. Media is to get your attention. The yeah. more attention you have, the more money, the more ads they can have, the more money they make. So they're going to make it as fear-based as possible to get that alarm within yeah. you, you know. Um, so I would be recommending, and you guys can jump in here because I'm quite minimalist with, the external information that comes in uh, the Department of Health so getting on a government website to understand the latest they're updating that every day so yep. you can certainly keep up to date with the actual facts of what's going on and the current recommendations for Australians uh, I would be putting your media in a folder on maybe the third page of your screen on your iPhone so to stop that, it's exactly just that. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I have to flip a long way. You have to. It has to be a very deliberate. intentional, deliberate choice to go in and access media. Uh, I would be Do it very, at very careful at who I follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly. I don't access it daily, so I'm not probably the one to yeah. to comment here. But but you don't access it daily. I no, think I that's don't. a great point. And my Instagram, which I use very sporadically, more for professional purposes, uh, is uh, it's very um, curated. So I, I only follow um, health organisations that I really trust and respect. So yeah. I'm not getting any untoward any information from there. So just be really conscious, intentional. You might need to block if there are friends that you can't defriend that you feel you can't go to that level just block their posts because you will find that people people in your circle will be 
yeah, promoting that, even not intentionally, but just be really mindful about who you're choosing, how often you're accessing it, put it in a place where it's, it has to be a choice to go into that. Uh, yeah, don't, I wouldn't be getting notifications, dings, I hate all dings and yeah. so just turn off all of that stuff. Um, and talk, well, I've been getting most of my information from you guys, from people <laughs> that I trust, that I respect, that I like, um, that have a very similar, similar life philosophy to me. So mm. that's where I'm kind of often getting my information. So I think um, it's really, I read something, I think it was on Seth's blog, Seth Godin, um, for those who don't know, he writes a blog every day. It's, they're small and digestible, but he... he um, it's funny because at the start of this whole craze, I stopped reading any of them. I deleted everything because mm. I'm like, I can't deal mm-hmm. with more too much of this. Mm. Like, I feel like it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But I took it back up yesterday. Um, and then there was a good one yesterday and it was about controlling your controllables, do your work, create something, something that's useful for you beyond this, you know, um, start trying to look to the future, mm-hmm. not just stay stuck in the, in the now um, in terms of what you can offer the world. And then the other one he did today, I'm pretty sure, was spending five minutes only a day. Mm-hmm. Five minutes updating yourself because being ignorant mm-hmm. is not going to help you either, no, right? So you have, you have, no. and like the whole, like you said, Fiona, ah, she'll be right, Australian attitude. Yeah. We can't be ignorant. No, we can't be ignorant. So you need to, you need to source information. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way to do it, I think, and this is what I've been trying to do, is... When our Prime Minister does a, an announcement, that generally has a lot of information that we need to know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the most important stuff because um, he's directing our country on how we are to behave. Mm-hmm. And the Department of Health, um, is, that re-puts re all that information there as well, plus mm-hmm. anything else you might want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's... And what's the purpose in, um, in accessing that information in the beginning? It should be, it should be I think... Um, like a, a, you, you're going there for a reason. So I go there for decision-making purposes. Mm-hmm. How do I have to conduct my business? How do I have to conduct myself as a person? I'm just searching for those answers and then that's it. If I start going beyond that, um, then it becomes crazy. You know, I got, I got a message last night from someone who was telling me that they're going to shut down LA because they feel like there's going to be 28 million infections or something else like that. And, you know, it's just all it does is just create... Mm-hmm then all of a sudden I can feel my physiology yeah. shift in your mm-hmm. yeah. So um, be very purposeful with the, the searching of information. Why are you searching for it? Mm. Find that, move on to whatever you need to do um, as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's that whole, emo- you know, the less you are giving your power away to external stimuli and environment to dictate how you feel internally, the mm. more control you can take around that. And where you put your attention and focus is where your energy is. Do you want your energy in COVID-19 or every other day? Mm. There are so many other things happening in the world, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and we just become, we become lopsided and unbalanced um, when we have our attention on one thing, so... So I've got one more question for you, Nadra, before we mm-hmm. finish this up. Um, I, like, uh, I'll come back to that because there's something that you said that I just want to add into this mm-hmm. picture before we ask mm-hmm. that last question. So we spoke about stress and you were talking about posture and it made me think about um, doing a, little, a really fast rehash of what happens in our body when we are in states of stress like this and that mm-hmm. physiologically our body sets itself self up to run away um, or to fight something mm. off, a fight or flight mechanism. Mm. So hormonally, 
um, our body changes, our, all our physiology shifts to try and prepare itself for those physical activities. So one, you need to burn the hormones off. I remember mm-hmm. when I had a period of stress once, that's what you said to me, Fiona, yeah. I'm like, I was so tired, I wasn't you sleeping. So tired. And you're like, you have to exercise though, because mm-hmm. even though, because oh, I was worried about overdoing it, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to yeah, overdo, yeah, push yeah, my yeah, body yeah, too yeah, hard. So if, you, if you're lacking sleep, go, just don't go out and try and run 14, 15 kilometers or something, you know? Just get out there and do five, 10 minutes of high intensity mm-hmm. activity, get yourself puffed out, burn those stress hormones off, let your and body you start to regulate. Right? Yeah, you sleep better. Yes. So yeah. um, the flow and effect of that also, dampening those stress hormones will be better immunity, better sleep, right. your postural change, because our posture actually um, under stress changes to be in a position to prime us for fight or flight. Yes. So your shoulders when you're under stress naturally come yeah. forward. If, if anyone who's listening to this, um, a simple thing you can do is adopt the posture of someone who's depressed. Mm, you know, you're, you're naturally going to shoulders droop forward and head tucked down. Mm. Now adopt the, the position of someone who's proud and happy and, you know, you're generally up and straight. And, you know, the, our posture mirrors our psychological mental state um, largely. And have um, you seen the study about the Superman, Superwoman pose? No. So Terry Walls, who um, specialises in autoimmune disease, one of the things she gets us all to do is stand Superwoman pose mm-hmm. and then does studies. It boosts secretory IGA, boosts your immune system. Holding it for, I think it's, if you do it like, I'll, I'll get the actual figures, but say three to four minutes a couple of times a day, you boost your immune system by standing. And I've got my hands on my hip, chest out, you know, head yeah. up, and that, that real superwoman, superman pose, and it yeah. boosts your immune system. And there's many mechanisms I can go into neurophysiologically, yeah. I reckon, about that. Even just getting your erector spinae muscles to fire like that, mm. they're so richly innovated that it's going to have um, central mechanisms in the brain that will, will, will shift your physiology, yeah. just like exercising does as well. So just make sure you stay moving, right? Moving is crucial when you're under stress. You have to keep moving. Yeah. Um, now, the last question I had is mm-hmm. that people around the globe are in isolation, quarantine. My mum and dad are about to come back from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. They're going to be in quarantine for Mm -hmm. 14 days. Mm -hmm. Um, This is very harmful for people. Mm -hmm. When I had to self-isolate for five days waiting for my (laughs) test result, I was in a small house. I was trying to stay away from my uh, my mum, from my wife and um, uh, my child. You know, it's a very Mm -hmm. difficult thing to do. And it Mm -hmm. started to have like an... impact that I wasn't ready for um, on me as well and so what did you um, notice well I just um, my mood I was more frustrated Mm. you know um, my communication wasn't as good um, with Georgie and um, you know I just um, felt I actually felt trapped I wrote in my journal uh, something along the lines of at one point because I was I had these two houses that I could go between. I could be in my car in the garage in one, drive to another, get out of the other. So I was still in isolation the whole time, but I could yeah. go between two spots yeah. without actually interacting with anyone. Um, I um, I found myself driving in the car, feeling like I was trapped in a bubble while the rest mm. of the world around me was going about its business. And in fact, one of the things I kind of felt like I was in this new world that's coming. And then mm. I was witnessing the ripple effect of the past still unfolding, um, which is a weird, cool. yeah, a weird kind of um, feeling that I had. Mm. Um, but um, I, there was this, um, yeah, definite feeling of kind of imprisonment um, mm. that I that I had, um, which I wasn't really anticipating because I was mm. my, I was, you know, it's, I'm in, in control of my own actions. Yes. But I was diligent. I didn't want to go around anyone else. But yeah, it definitely had. A, a more negative impact on me than mm-hmm. what I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. 
at the commencement of it. So that's what I was talking about in terms of just being more aware of those emotions and we don't want to panic in response to our emotional responses. So yeah. I think it's probably expecting that you will feel a bit more turbulent, you will feel a little bit more volatile emotionally when, if, if we are isolating or for the, the many people that are already in that space. So that acceptance or that understanding, curiosity, curiosity around the yeah, the ebbs and flows of our state. So I think expecting, yeah, that there it might bring a different emotional experience is the first thing. So there's a number of elements to this. So is it how do we how do we cope through that? Well, I, th- I mean, in isolation, yeah, or lockdown. some of that. And I think we kind of covered that a little bit in before. Yeah. When if yeah. you're referencing back to that, that up and down. Mm. Oh, I got my journal out. That's what yeah. happened, and then um, that's when I started getting those thoughts out of my head and noticing what it was, yeah. you know. And then it kind of cleared. Yeah, um, yeah. So as you said, once you actually went closer towards it, rather than trying to escape those feelings, that's mm. where you actually were able to get that dissipation in that. Yeah. So as we've already talked about. You can still sit outside in your backyard. You can still exercise and getting those high-intensity bursts will be really helpful. Be really mindful of how you're talking with the people that are there with you. So knowing that when we're, in, when we're spending a lot of time with anyone, we've got a high probability of miscommunication and feeling more irritated and so forth. So... I think it's being a bit more um, understanding and trying to be more compassionate around the other person's responses and their experience. And so being clear about what you need, what you don't need. So being very assertive in your language. Right now I'm feeling like this. I think I'm, I'm probably better off just to go and hang out in my room for a bit or I need to go outside. So this is the time that we need to be a lot more overt with our needs and our wants and how we're feeling and being grateful for the person and being verbal about anything that we're grateful for for what they're doing or how they're responding Uh, so I think just being trying to be extra nice with the people that Mm -hmm. that you're at home with if you are at home which you know we could all end up in this situation so using that I language, uh, not blaming people for your feelings, mm-hmm. being clear about what you need, and you know, and in the other way, if, if your partner is is needing certain things, not taking offence to that. So really, just trying to be um, allowing of, of what each person needs. Um, what else can we talk about? Yeah, so like looking at what we can, what can we do. So what else can we do? So is it the time to do that online course that you haven't done? Like I know there's so many online programs that as a professional that I can access that I haven't been able to. Um, You can, you've got books. So either audible, like audio books or or books. So there's there's a myriad of things. Podcasts, load up on your podcast. What about just a change of pace too? Like I, I... The, yep. the prospect of being stuck inside yep. for two weeks or four weeks yep. or whatever, I'm like, great. 
crack out the board games, you know, right. dust off something they haven't done yeah. for a while, a puzzle. Yeah, you know, there's all this, you know, t- there's, yeah. it, it gives, it actually gives you permission yeah. to yes. act outside of what you yeah. would normally do because you've got, you've, you've got a new, a new yeah. world to live in for a period of time. And challenge yourself, like, even if you're not an artist, go and draw something, mm. like, Set yourself a task to, to, yeah. to write or draw. Think creative outlets are fabulous. Great for de-stressing. In this time. And they pull us into the moment. So um, are there any art crafty activities that you can do? I had another thought in, in when, when I was doing it in that um, if it was 48 degrees today, mm-hmm. we would all be inside. Mm-hmm. Or if it was, um, you know, thunderbolts, hailstorm all day, mm-hmm. we'd all be inside. Mm-hmm. So... It's about the meaning in which you're applying to it a little bit as well. Like we self-isolate regularly. We spend days at a time at home regularly. Um, if you um, have gastro, like you probably stay home for a couple of days. It, it's not that big of a deal, but it's it can be. Just it's just the time frame is often different. Yeah. if it's days on end. But, but then you if feel you're, like I have a choice, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's it, right? Yeah. But you, yeah. you are you, executing when it. When that's taken away. Yeah. Mm. It's sort of, it's it's because it's kind of being forced on us. But at the mm. same time, if I was at home on a 48 degree day, I would actually be stuck inside. Mm. Whereas at this point in time, I wouldn't be. Mm. Like I can be inside, mm. I can be outside, yeah. I can do other things, you know what mm. I mean? I actually have probably more bandwidth to do mm. stuff than what I would on one of those yeah. days. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I have more comfort. Um, than those days as well so you know that um, you can shift your perspective a little bit around it as well when you're reframing it yeah take the opportunities that are there and it's uh, that's a nice segue to what I wanted to say is you know it's the reframing around Mm. what's happening in our world there's this whole narrative that it's bad but you look at, and I'm sure you've seen the Facebook posts of the dolphins and the swans that are back in the Venice, Venice. canals, yeah. and whether these are true or not, but the satellite photos of the pollution over Europe and um, China have mm. gone down, and we know that uh, flights are the biggest, one of the biggest contributors to CO2 in our atmosphere, and so mm. you know, like Mother Earth is like, oh, I can breathe again. So mm. there's a, there are positive things that are going to come out of this. Mm. That when I, you know just my nature i'm good at sitting back and just watching stuff happen unfold in front of me without getting too involved and i'm like there there are so many good things that will also come from this from our planet look we can practice environmental consciousness fancy that imagine if we did that without a forced virus there's a whole other discussion and then you know like just the kindness i'm on this um facebook feed the one thing i do look is it's called the kindness project and People are buying each other shopping and mm. people are doing random toilet rolls on people's doorstep. And we have this opportunity if we can get out of the hype and the fear and not hoard toilet paper and do these crazy things that I just stop people, stop. Yeah. But we can help each other and we have this opportunity to be kind and generous and understanding. And, you know, people are struggling with lack of jobs and people losing jobs. So we can help one another. We can. You know, put in Uber Eat orders to local restaurants. And, you know, there's so many amazing things that we can do to be more proactive in our community and support each other. And and maybe it's a time for us to come. You know, the great thing about this virus is it, it doesn't discriminate. You can be black, white, gay, straight, yep. old, young. And we can get it. It's non-discriminatory. Mm. And this 
it has this ability We're to bring us... We're all facing it together. Yeah, mm. and if we take it and we look at it that way, it's, an, it's a beautiful way for us to strengthen our bonds and our communities if we don't fall into the fear and let it separate us. And that's, mm. unfortunately, the sensational mm. news and things like that. Mm. It forms a separation and it mm. doesn't need to. It could bring us together and we could come out of this so much stronger with such a better um, social community and awareness and... Maybe we don't need to have our coffee every day and our smashed avocado on toast. Maybe we'll learn some really valuable information on saving money, contributing. Like mm. I just see in the bigger scheme and picture of things, there are so many potential positives that will come out of there. And I know I'm a half glass is full, not even half full, glass is full kind of girl. Yeah. Um, but I just I see this amazing potential that I think is in front of all of us. And so I spend my time thinking about mm. that. Mm-hmm. rather than all the other stuff and you know we were talking about as a clinic what can we do to help our community and I just love that you naturally think that way and mm-hmm. I think everyone in our mm-hmm. clinic does we're, you know it's an unusual group of people and it's like okay what can we do to our community what can we do for that guy that we know is struggling at the moment well you we were like Pato can call him I'm like yeah. like that's so beautiful like yeah, spend a half an hour on the phone to the guy like yeah. what else are we going to be doing you know and yeah. have a good laugh about stuff Ask yeah. him about his life. Yeah. Like, tell me about what you've done in your life. Yeah. You know? What I don't know about. Yeah. yeah. And um, he would love it. And that, yeah. that helps bring um, peace and calm to him as well. And what a beautiful opportunity to think like that and to think. And this is my point about, you know, being responsible in our community about our social distancing, not necessarily isolating because we're not onto that yet. We haven't been told to have to do that, but and practicing hygiene and cleaning and knowing that these other people that are immune compromised as well, that's why we have to do it. But then all these other things that we can do, like mm. do I have an elderly neighbor that can't get toilet paper? Well, surely I can spare them a roll. Like there's just so many things and altruism and being like that is another great way to boost your immune system. Yeah. And that's the biggest protector of our well-being is actually rather even it trumps even doing things that we really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this comes out of um, so Martin Seligman. Yes. Positive psychology. So the benefits of doing something for someone else in a spontaneous yes. way. Um, the re- the effects of that last all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know think about I love that. That it's what can you actually do for someone that they're not expecting? Yeah, you know, so it's so beautiful, and that that is one of the greatest ways mm. to boost our immune system and not come into this fear. It's just how can we come together as a community, as a country, and as a global community, and um, you know help each other. And through that, I think that is the greatest gift that this could potentially give us if we take the time to sit back and connect into that opportunity rather than let it separate us. That's it, we rather than I. Yes. When you put a we in front of illness, even illness becomes wellness. There you go. I think that's a pretty good way to finish it. Yes, you too. What a way to wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) There we have it. All right, well, uh, thanks for joining in. We hope uh, that was useful and educational. Yep. Yeah. Let us know. Check yeah. out the notes, yep. Yeah. Um, comment. comment on our Insta if you're on there or send us a message, email. Um, yeah, and if you need anything, let us know. Yeah, we're here to support you. Bye. See ya. Just a quick update, team, on the end of this podcast. In the middle, I said that pregnant women can produce their own vitamin C. 
I recall the seminar I was in uh, where I heard that, but after a quick search, I haven't been able to locate a reference. So at this point in time, just uh, perhaps um, put that in the basket of an unknown. Um, and um, don't definitely, if you're pregnant, don't follow that advice because um, what I did find was that there is probably a need for supplementation when pregnant. Uh, so yeah, um, perhaps um, I may have misunderstood or misheard something there in the seminar or um, it wasn't properly referenced um, whoever was quoting that in that seminar. Okay, have a good day. Uh, hope you all stay healthy and well, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Superwell podcast. For more information on any of our episodes, head over to www.superwell.com.au and you can get all the episodes there. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can also find links to iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. And if you want to continue the conversation on with us, then head over to our Instagram page at Live Superwell and follow us there and comment under each episode. Uh, if you want to give us any feedback, you can also get in touch via email on the webpage too. So until next episode, live super well.